0: King, come, that I may breathe my last in wholesome counsel to his unstayed youth.
1: Vex not yourself, nor strive not with your breath, for all in vain comes counsel to his ear. Oh, but they say
0: the tongues of dying men enforce attention like deep harmony. Where words are scarce, they're seldom spent in vain, for they breathe truth that breathe their words in pain. He that no more must say is listened more than they whom youth and ease have taught to globes. More are men's ends marked than their lives before. The setting, sun, and music at the close as the last taste of sweets is sweetest last, writ in remembrance more than things long past. Though Richard my life's counsel would not hear, My death, sad tale, may yet undeaf his ear. No, it is stopped with other flattering sounds, as
1: praises, of whose taste the wise are fond, lascivious meters, to whose venom sound the open ear of youth doth always listen, report of fashions in proud Italy, whose manners still our tardy apish nation limps after in base imitation. Where doth the world thrust forth a vanity, so it be new there's no respect how vile, that is not quickly buzzed into his ears? Then all too late comes counsel to be heard, where will doth mutiny with wit's regard. Direct not him whose way himself will choose.
0: Tis breath thou lack'st, and that breath wilt thou lose. Methinks I, I am a prophet. New inspired, and thus expiring, do foretell of him, his rash, fierce blaze of riot cannot last for violent fires soon burn out themselves. Small showers last long, but sudden storms are short. He tires betimes that swears too fast betimes. With eager feeding food doth choke the feeder. Light vanity, insatiate cormorant, consuming means soon preys upon itself. This royal throne of kings, this sceptred isle, this earth of majesty, this seat of Mars, this other Eden demi-paradise, this fortress built by nature for herself against infection and the hand of war, this happy breed of men, this little world, this precious stone set in the silver sea which serves it in the office of a wall or as a moat defensive to a house against the envy of less happier lands this blessed lot, this earth, this realm, this England, this nurse, this teeming womb of royal kings, feared by their breed and famous by their birth, renowned for their deeds as far from home for Christian service and true chivalry as is the sepulchre in stubborn jury of the world's ransom, blessed Mary's son, this land of such dear souls, this dear, dear The land, dear for her reputation through the world, is now leased out. I die pronouncing it like to a tenement or pelting farm. England, bound in with the triumphant sea, whose rocky shore beats back the envious siege of watery Neptune, is now bound in with shame, with inky blots and rotten parchment bonds. That England that was wont to conquer others hath made a shameful conquest of itself. Oh, would the scandal vanish with my life? How happy then were my ensuing death. The king is come. Deal mildly with his youth, for young hot
1: colts, being raged do rage them all.
2: How fares our noble uncle Lancaster.
0: What comfort man. How is with aged gaunt? Oh, and that name befits my composition. Old gaunt indeed, and gaunt in being old, within me grief hath kept a tedious fast, and who abstains from meat that is not gaunt? For sleeping England long time have I watched watching breeds leanness. Leanness is all gaunt. The pleasure that some fathers feed upon is my strict fast. I mean my children's looks, and therein fasting hast thou made me gaunt. Gaunt am I for the grave, gaunt as a grave whose hollow womb inherits naught but bones.
2: Can sick men play so nicely with their names? No, misery makes sport
0: to mock itself, since thou dost seek to kill my name in me. I mock my name, great king, to flatter thee.
2: Should dying men flatter with those that live? No, no,
0: men living flatter those that die.
2: Thou now a dying, sayest thou flatterest me. Oh, no,
0: thou diest, though I the sicker be.
2: (laughs) I am in health, I breathe
0: and see thee ill. Now he that made me knows I see thee ill. Ill in myself to see, and in thee seeing ill. Thy deathbed is no lesser than thy land wherein thou liest in reputation sick, and thou, too careless patient as thou art, committest thy anointed body to the cure of those physicians that first wounded thee. A thousand flatterers sit within thy crown, whose compass is no bigger than thy head, and yet encaged in so small a verge, the waste is no whit lesser than thy land.' Oh had thy grandsire, with a prophet's eye, seen how his son's son should destroy his sons from forth thy reach he would have laid thy shame, deposing thee before thou wert possessed, which art possessed now to depose thyself. Why, cousin, wert thou regent of the world, it were a shame to let this land by lease, but for thy world enjoying but this land, is it not more than shame to shame it so? Landlord of England art thou now, not king. Thy state of law is bond-slave to the law, and thou, a
2: lunatic lean-witted fool presuming on an ague's privilege. "'Darest with thy frozen admonition make pale our cheek, "'chasing the royal blood with fury from his native residence? "'Now, by my seats, right royal majesty, "'were thou not brother to great Edward's son, "'this tongue that runs so roundly in thy head "'should run thy head from thy unreverent shoulders. "'Oh, spare me not my
0: brother Edward's son, "'for that I was his father Edward's son.' that blood already like the pelican hast thou tapped out and drunkenly caroused my brother Gloucester, plain well-meaning soul whom fair befall in heaven amongst happy souls may be a precedent and witness good that thou respect'st not spilling edward's blood join with the present sickness that i have and thy unkindness be like crooked age to crop at once the too long withered flower Live in thy shame, but die not shame with thee. These words hereafter thy tormentors be. Convey me to my bed, then to my grave. Love they to live that love and honor have.
2: And let them die that age and sullens have, for both hast thou, and both become the grave. I do beseech your majesty,
1: impute his words to wayward sickliness and age in him. He loves you on my life, and holds you dear, as Harry Duke of Hereford were
2: he here. Right, you say true. As Hereford's love, so his. As theirs, so mine. And all be as it is.
3: My liege, Old Gaunt commends him to your majesty. What says he? Nay, nothing. All is said. His tongue is now a stringless instrument. Words, life, and all, Old Lancaster hath spent.
1: Be York the next that must be bankrupt so. Though death be poor, it ends a mortal woe.
2: The ripest fruit first falls, and so doth he. His time is spent. Our pilgrimage must be. So much for that. Now, for our Irish wars, we must supplant those rough, rug-headed kerns which live like venom, where no venom else but only they have privilege to live, and for these great affairs to ask some charge. Towards our assistance we do seize to us the plate, coin, revenues, and movables whereof our Uncle Gaunt did stand possessed.
1: How long shall I be patient? Ah, how long shall tender duty make me suffer wrong? Not Gloucester's death, nor Hereford's banishment, nor Gaunt's rebukes, nor England's private wrongs, nor the prevention of poor Bolingbroke about his marriage, nor my own disgrace, have ever made me sour my patient cheek, or bend one wrinkle on my sovereign's face. I am the last of noble Edward's sons, of whom thy father, Prince of Wales, was first. In war was never lion raged more fierce. In peace was never gentle lamb more mild than was that young and princely gentleman. His face thou hast, for even so looked he, accomplished with the number of thy hours. But when he frowned, it was against the French, "'and not against his friends. "'His noble hand did win what he did spend, "'and spent not that which his triumphant father's hand had won. "'His hands were guilty of no kindred blood, "'but bloody with the enemies of his kin. "'Oh, Richard, York is too far gone with grief, "'or else he never would compare between.' My uncle, what's the matter? Oh, my liege, pardon me, if you please. If not, I, pleased not to be pardoned, am content with all. Seek you to seize and gripe into your hands the royalties and rights of banished Hereford? Is not Gaunt dead, and does not Hereford live? Was not Gaunt just, and is not Harry true? Did not the one deserve to have an heir? is not his heir, a well-deserving son. Take Hereford's rights away, and take from time his charters and his customary rights. Let not tomorrow, then, ensue today. Be not thyself, for how art thou a king but by fair sequence and succession? Now, uh, afore God, God forbid I say true, if you do wrongfully seize Hereford's rights, call in the letters-patents that he hath by his attorneys-general to sue his livery and deny his offered homage, you pluck a thousand dangers on your head, you lose a thousand well-disposed hearts, and prick my tender patience to those thoughts,
2: which honour and allegiance cannot think. Think what you will. We seize into our hands his plate, his goods, his money, and his lands. I'll not be by the while. My liege,
1: farewell. What will ensue hereof, there's none can tell. But by bad causes may be understood that their events can never fall out good.
2: Uh, Go, Bushy, to the Earl of Wiltshire Strait. Bid him repair to us to Ely House to see this business. Tomorrow next we will for Ireland, and tis time, I trow. And we create, in absence of ourself, our Uncle York, Lord Governor of England, for he is just and always loved us well. Come on, Our Queen, tomorrow must we part. Be merry, for our time of stay is short.
3: Duke of Lancaster is dead. And living too, for now his son
0: is Duke. Barely in title, not in revenues.
3: Richly in both, if justice
4: had her right. My heart is great, but it must break with silence ere it be disburdened with a liberal tongue.
3: Nay, speak thy mind, and let him ne'er speak more that speaks thy words again to do thee harm. Tends that thou would speak to the
0: Duke of Hereford? If it be so, out with it boldly, man. Quick is mine ear
4: to hear of good towards him. No good at all that I can do for him, unless you call it good to pity him, bereft and gelded of his patrimony. Now, for
3: God to shame, such wrongs are born in him, a royal prince, and many more of noble blood in this declining land. The king is not himself, but basely led by flatterers, and what they will inform, merely in hate against any of us all... That will the king severely
4: prosecute, against us, our lives, our children, and our heirs. The commons hath he pilled with grievous taxes, and quite lost their hearts. The nobles hath he fined for ancient quarrels, and quite lost their hearts.
0: And daily new exactions are devised, as blanks, benevolences, and what not what. But what a god's name doth become of this?
3: Wars hath not wasted it, for ward he hath not. But basely yielded upon compromise that which his noble ancestors achieved with blows. More hath he spent in peace than they in wars.
4: The Earl of Wiltshire hath the realm in farm. The king's grown bankrupt, like a broken man. Reproach and dissolution hangeth over him. He hath not money for these Irish wars, his burdenous taxations notwithstanding, but by the robbing of the banished Duke. His noble kinsman, most
3: degenerate king. But, lords. We hear this fearful tempest sing, yet seek no shelter to avoid the storm. We see the wind sits sore upon our sails, and yet we strike not
4: but securely perish. We see the very rack that we must suffer, and unavoidable is the danger now for suffering so the causes of our rack not so even through the hollow eyes of death I spy life peering.
3: I dare not say how near the tidings of our comfort is.
4: Nay, let us share thy thoughts as thou dost ours. Be confident to speak, Northumberland. We three are but thyself, and speaking so thy words are but as thoughts. Therefore be bold. Then thus,
3: I have from La Porte Blanc, a bay in Britain, received intelligence that Harry Duke of Hereford... Reynold, Lord Cobham, the son and heir of the Earl of Arundel, that late broke from the Duke of Exeter, his brother, Archbishop, late of Canterbury, Sir Thomas Erpingham, Sir John Ramston, Sir John Norman, Sir Robert Waterton, and Francis Coint, all these, well furnished by the Duke of Britain, with eight tall ships, three thousand men of war, are making hither with all due expedience, and shortly mean to touch our northern shore. Perhaps they had ere this, but that they say the first departing of the King for Ireland. If then we shall shake off our slavish yoke, imp out our drooping country's broken wing, redeem from broken, pawn the blemished crown, wipe off the dust that hides our scepter's guilt, and make High Majesty look like itself, away with me in post to Ravenspur. But if you faint as fearing to do so, stay and be secret, and myself will go.
0: To horse! To horse! Urge doubts to them that fear. Hold out my horse and I will first be there.